You're listening to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Activia. Activia offers a range of yogurts that help support a healthy gut. Your gut is where it all begins. This is an Irish independent podcast. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry. Hello and welcome to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. Folks, if you like what you listen to over the course of the next 20 minutes, don't be afraid to rate and review if you listen on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Every single rating means a big deal to us here at the Real Health Podcast, so don't be afraid to leave one for us. Now, it's going to be a fantastic episode today. What would you do if you were told your life expectancy? Would it scare you or would it motivate you to make changes to improve it? Here on Real Health, we are all about bringing you the information you need to make changes to improve your health and well-being. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about with my guest this week. I'm delighted to be joined by Dr. Phil Kieran, Cork-based GP, who is the presenter of RG's How Long Will You Live? The show follows six people aiming to improve their overall health and life expectancy by making some small but impactful changes. Phil, welcome to the show. How's it going? Not too bad, man. Thanks for having me on. So listen, let's get cracking straight away. For those who haven't seen the show, it's still on the player. I know that. There's two episodes still to come. Tell me more about the show. It's all it's built around your life expectancy and improving it, isn't it? It is. So I, I guess the basic premise of the show is sitting down with people, doing some medical testing to find out where they are at this stage, and then projecting that forwards to see how it's going to have an impact on their later years. And I guess then when we have that baseline information, it's about trying to find out what in their lifestyle has the biggest impact on those numbers and trying to improve it. And are there certain times in people's lives, you know, those kind of milestone birthdays where they begin to reflect a little bit and think, oh, maybe I shouldn't have drank so much or maybe I shouldn't have eaten mm. so much or whatever. Uh, are there certain milestones that, that kind of trigger these thoughts in people about their longevity and about, about how long will they live, essentially? Well, I guess there there definitely are. And the big ones I would see in GP would be sort of the, the roundy birthdays, the decades, particularly 40, 50, 60 people tend to take stock again. But the first one for a lot of people is when they have kids for the first time, because all of a sudden you're not just responsible for your own health and life. You're there trying to plan forwards for the future around them. So that tends to be when a lot of people stop feeling I- immortal. I think Back in our 20s, we were certainly I felt like I was uh, absolutely immortal (laughs) and nothing could get me. Uh, Now, coming closer to a different decade, it's um, it definitely makes you think a bit more. And and sort of when when you're growing up, when your kids are growing up, you start playing with them. And a lot of things you take for granted, you want to make sure that you can keep doing into their adulthood and things like that. And I think that's really the time that people take stock and have a look and see, well, what can I actively do to try and improve my quality of life going forwards? And things do change as you age. I know myself, I hit 40 and all of a sudden, now whether it's psychosomatic or not, uh, things, you know, it's, it's, it takes longer to recover from a long run. I go for a long run, it takes me two days to recover where, you know, when I was in my 20s, I'd, I'd recover nearly overnight. And things do, you know, and you're, everything's just a bit more creaky. You need to do more flexibility work. And obviously the gym work is more important than keeping your muscle mass on board. So like as those decades go on, it is very normal that there are physical changes, but also the reality is that no matter what decade you're going to hit, you can improve things and things can get better. Absolutely. And look, I, I, I experienced the delayed recovery myself. I I did the half marathon, which I was training for and ended up with a stress injury that meant I had to take two months off running afterwards because (laughs) of not being 20 anymore. Um, But it is it's one of these things that your body will 
start to take longer to recover. And so you can't, you kind of have to be a bit more thoughtful about what you do in your life. You can't just go like you could in your teens and twenties go, well, sure, look, I'll just keep running through the pain and my body will take it because it might not. But the important thing that I tell a lot of my patients is it's important not to let that become an excuse for not doing stuff. Because the day you stop doing something because of your age is the last day you'll be able to do it. If you give up on doing something, it's very hard to get that back. It's not impossible. And it's always the right time to improve your health and your lifestyle. But the important thing that I would say to people is prevention is a lot better than fixing it in these situations and trying to maintain your health and quality of life and quality of movement particularly are really important to do from an early age. I think you hit on it there, that quality of life and quality of movement, they're the really important things as we begin to get older, you know, keeping your muscle mm. mass, having as much muscle mass as you can. It is, you know, the, the goal is wellness, but it's it's quality of life, it's quality of aging, it's quality of doing the things that you want to do and not being prevented from doing them by being active enough to, to be able to do it, isn't it? And that's that's it exactly. Like So with this show that I'm doing, we talk a lot about like, well, we've extended your life expectancy from 77 to 84, let's say. And a lot of people, I think, go like, do I want another 10 years in my 80s? Mm. But the point is, it's not about extending the end. It's about improving the, the time from here to there, because if the frailty you have at the very end of your life is going to be there for the last number of years of your lifespan. So if you're going to live longer, you'll become frail later you'll have more independence for longer and you will be able to enjoy that time for longer. So that's the key thing, really. And talk to me about what, you you know, the people that you see on the show and as a GP, you know, what you're seeing, I suppose, in the real world. What holds people back from making those changes and taking control of their lives? Are they are they scared about or is it lack of knowledge or, you know, what stops them from from making the changes? I think one of the big things is time. I think a lot of people, particularly 30s, 40s, 50s, people are really busy. Like work, work-life balance has is not is not for most people in a great state at the moment. And then I think the second thing is intimidation. So they kind of think, well, I'd have to make such drastic changes to change my life that it becomes very off-putting. Like we see it a lot in in January. A lot of people take up gym memberships, for instance, and then. Three months later, most of them aren't going. And if you ask them why, it's that like, well, you know, it takes half an hour to get there, then to get changed, do my exercise, have a shower, get changed again and get home. I need a two hour block to do it. And you're like going, well, two hours as a block is often really hard to find. So what I'm trying to encourage my patients to do, and then latterly the the TV show is, is to try and find small changes that can build You know, so I kind of say to people, if you make a change in your lifestyle, if at some stage you don't turn around and say to yourself, well, this is easy. Why didn't I do this earlier? You've probably taken on too much. Yeah, you know, it's that big. It's the atomic habits thing, really, isn't it? It's the big, scary goals are so hard to achieve, yet every people do it normally in kind of January and September. It's that 1% rule, though, that's a much better determinant of longer term habits forming, which is that, you know, a small bit better every day or a small bit better every yeah. week or small little adjustments to your lifestyle so that they don't feel hard. Uh, you know, we know that exactly. they're easier to stick to over the course of time. It's that big, scary January gym member, January resolution change that people find so yeah. difficult to do. You know, I'll, I'll quit everything in January and I'll take <laughs> up a gym and I'll get up at five in the morning and I'll be a nicer person and I'll take up art and ballet. It's like, if you're saying and too much, you're not going to get it done, you know? Yeah, and it, Life and it, is hard. 
you need to make it easy on yourself. It's the latest fad diet and exercise plan of which there's yeah. several flying yeah. around the country at the moment that we won't we won't name oh. them, but they're they're around. No. The word diet, I, I absolutely refuse to entertain because by its definition, it's temporary. So what yeah. you need to be doing is looking at what you want to change and then make a tiny change in that direction and build on it. Chat to me about the health screen that you do in the show. I know, listen, we, mm. on, on my own show, we, we do it. And on a personal level, I do. It's it's one of the best parts of my job. You get to look at such mm. a varied aspect of people's health. Tell us a bit more about the one that you guys do and what it involves. So what we do is we do kind of a, a medical and a physical health check. So the medical side of things... Uh, on, a, on a tests wise, we would check sort of cholesterol, uh, blood sugar, um, and then just a basic check of liver function, kidney function, thyroid function, that sort of thing. Then we'd also do a physical examination, usually including an ECG to make sure that there's no signs of heart disease or anything like that. But then what I'm kind of very interested in is, from a functional side of things is the is the fitness testing. So we do one of the tests that a lot of the participants are kind of surprised by is we do a grip strength test. Oh, and they yeah. kind of look yeah, at yeah. you like it's funny. It's like, why are you checking my grip strength? And it's like, <laughs> well, bizarrely, grip strength really lines up well with overall life expectancy. Um, so it's one of these these composite measures that I really like because it gives you a really good starting point. And if that improves, then you can infer that there's has been an improvement in health. Then after that, we do a lot of functional stuff. So we check like their VO2 max, how their overall fitness level is. And what I think that's really useful for is not determining how fit are you today. It's how hard can I encourage you to push tomorrow? You know, so it's not necessarily where you are right now that I'm interested in. It's what does that mean for what can we do for you? Um, and then sort of a lot of basic stuff that has a big impact on life quality. So sit to stand testing and other movement tests. Let's chat through some of these because they're A, mm. they're, they're really interesting. But B, for people listening in, they're great for them to be aware of. Like So cholesterol is mm. something that people hear about time and time and time yeah. and time again. But it's nice to go back and revisit it and say, OK, what is it? it? Is. Why is it important? And what and what do people need to know? That's Absolutely, because it's something I spend a lot of my day talking to patients about and educating them on. So cholesterol is a fat in your body, um, and it is important for maintaining cell health and making a lot of hormones. So we need we need some cholesterol, right? And most of it is made in your liver and pushed out into your bloodstream. And we get it from lots of sources as well, from, from food and from our diet. So generally speaking, you'll hear three numbers talked about. One is your total cholesterol. And that's exactly what it says on the tin. That's how much cholesterol is in a sample of blood. And you're aiming for that to be five or less. Okay. The next thing then is your good cholesterol. People talk about this a lot. This is your HDL or your high density lipoprotein. And that we would like that to be above one. So if you're, if you're talking about it, if you get it tested, if that's above one, you're doing well. And things you can do to improve that are exercise. Physical exercise is good for increasing your HDL. Then we've got LDL or low density lipoprotein, which is your bad cholesterol. And we like that to be less than 2.7. Um, so what you can do to help these things is exercise is a big one, not drinking too much because alcohol pushes up your LDL and another part of your cholesterol and it increases your total cholesterol. And then not eating a lot of fatty or processed foods has a big impact on it as well. Unfortunately, a lot of your cholesterol level is also genetically determined. So if your parents needed medication to bring their cholesterol down, there's a very good chance you're going to need it too. 
Okay, I like it. Good. Folks, you're listening to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. We're chatting all things health checks and what you need to know. This is great. A bone density, a very important indicator, especially mm. when it comes to aging. And for women, kind of during and post-menopause, it's important too, yeah. isn't it? Absolutely. And and particularly, so one of the things I, I tell my female patients, and a lot of the times they're surprised about it, is you, your bone density, the amount of calcium you put into your bones kind of maxes out in your early 20s late teens so it's important to make sure that you're eating enough calcium getting enough vitamin d particularly in ireland because we live in the north pole here and then one of the big things that a lot of people don't know about is that weight bearing exercise so walking cycling running that sort of thing really important for keeping your bones strong and making them as strong as possible in your early life so that then when you do get to menopause and the bones start to weaken a little bit which they do you're starting from a much stronger point. And I'd be interested to see what you make on this, but it's something that we always recommend to people. And it's, 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 it's a, you know, it's a body weight exercise of sorts. And that's mm-hmm. standing. They're presumably by standing yeah. more, we're naturally strengthening our bones and strengthening our muscles. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the, the one thing I say to people is, like, if you work at an office desk job, try and find excuses to stand up. So don't put things off because you'd have to get up from your desk try and find reasons to get up from your desk. Um, I was at a talk about uh, exercise um, and the effects of activity on, on the physiology a couple of years ago. And it, it struck me as funny because it was even a little bit out of date when the recommendation came up. But they were saying that in the evenings, if you're watching telly, get up and leave the room when the ads come on. And now most people don't watch TV with ads, but the, the same <laughs> thing holds. You should try not to be sitting or stationary for more than about 40 minutes as a block. So... Try and find Which ninety nine percent of our listeners absolutely fail that test, as as most people do, because we yeah. sit, we sit, oh, and this one, you and I are recording now. We're, I'm sitting, you're sitting, yeah. but you know, I've I've, oh. so, I've I've stood for a good chunk of the day, so we're we're doing okay so far. I I have an intercom to call patients from the waiting room, but I make myself get up and walk because otherwise I'd be sitting all day. Yeah, and and the, listen, every bit of movement helps absolutely. Mm. But uh, body fat percentage, love this. Uh, we've been chatting right. body fat for and shouting from the rooftops for years. It is mm. really, really, really important. Uh, tell us why. Mm-hmm. So body fat percentage, particularly the body fat that you carry around your middle, um, is a, is a predictor of is a negative predictor of of health and a lot of reasons. It can cause fat infiltration of a lot of organs like your liver and stuff like that. And it's also we know that it's associated with other things like heart disease and cancer. It is a a measure, and I suppose one of the things is I think it's a really important measure for people to know and to recognize. But I also think that some people can get very turned off when they see those numbers not particularly dropping if they have a healthier lifestyle. So I always encourage people to think about it from two sides of things. When you change your lifestyle, you're trying to lose weight and lose fat, but you're mainly trying to improve your health. So even if those numbers stay static, but you're moving more, you're getting healthier anyway. And it's, it's fair. To, I suppose in the same in the same way, it's fair to say that you know weight and body fat maintenance is healthy. That as we get older, mm. you know that that now the I'm not sure what the up to date sat but the sat is, but the older one was a stone a decade is the rough average that of the weight we'll gain. It mightn't be that high now, but yeah. we still gain. We tend to gain as we get older. That if you're maintaining your yeah. weight and maintaining your body fat levels, well, that in its own right is much healthier than if they're increasing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And what I say to people is even if your weight and body fat percentage stays static, but you improve your exercise and your exertion and your overall fitness, well, then you are getting most of the benefits there anyway. Chat to me about the average life expectancy in Ireland. What is it? Mm. So for men, it's 82 and for women, 84, which is pretty good. Okay. And again, I suppose, you know, the whole idea of the show and uh, for people's wellness in general is that 
as opposed to being 82 and 84, we want to be as healthy as we can leading up to that 82 and 84 so, so, so that the quality of, of, of older life is, is improving. And that's it. Like, so people think about like their grandparents who were 80 when they maybe passed away and they go like, well, do I want to live another 10 years past where how they were? And that's not the point. The point is that you want to be like they were in their 50s when you get to 70. That's the key thing. You want to be able to get to that age with complete independence, with still being able to move around enough that you enjoy your pastimes, you know, do what you enjoy, hang around with people, talk to people um, and and still be able to to do your own thing at that age. It's tough giving people kind of numbers you know, and telling someone their life expectancy. It must be quite scary mm-hmm. for people to hear. But actually, having all the information is crucial to making long-term change and having the numbers to, 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 to you know to benchmark against and test against. Yeah. It's a really important, way, easy way to keep yourself on track in the long term. And it is. And seeing the changes are, are really important for motivation. So what I say to a lot of people as well is, look, you will have bad days and you might even have bad weeks where you feel like you've fallen off the wagon with it. But the important thing is not to beat yourself up about it get restarted again and because the show we're doing is six weeks you can show them look this is the change that happened in a really brief period of time imagine if you keep this up for the next 20 years you know it's a huge improvement and as part of that it's important to recognize that you know if you're making changes and you've you have a number to benchmark against you're not aiming for perfection you're aiming for you know, life uh, to get in the way every now and again, but it's yeah. it's 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 allowing for that and realizing that that's very normal. And that that's important. And again, like people when they try to get healthier, try to get well, they tend to disregard that and they try they try to be perfect mm-hmm. all the time. And the reality is that we're not going to be perfect all the time. That you have to allow for a bit mm-hmm. of life to to happen. And you need to enjoy yourself as well. So, like, if a really good opportunity to do something fun comes up, and that's your day that you had planned on doing. A workout well just try and reschedule it you know you, you want to be able to to live your life in an enjoyable way but the important thing is not to throw everything out of the pram because you had a bad couple of days you know don't beat yourself up get back to it one thing that was really interesting was teaching or showing people new activities and that's important isn't it that things can be fun but it's also there's so mm. much in ireland that isn't you know, Gaelic walking, running, or whatever. There's, yeah. Nothing, by the way, there's nothing wrong with Gaelic walking or running. Just no. to cover that, very important. But uh, there is lots of other stuff out there you can try too, because you know that makes it fun and you have a bit of a laugh, and that's important. It is, and and like I think a lot of us turn around and we say like, oh no, I've never done that before, and like you might be only thirty or you might be forty or fifty, and you say, well, I've never done that before, and I'm scared of trying it, and it's like, well, what's what I say to people is think about what's the worst that could happen, like and. If it's that you might not enjoy it, well, sure, you've tried it and you found that out. But finding new activities and not limiting yourself is a really good way of keeping activity interesting, you know, because if you walk the exact same route every day, 365 days a year, you might find it like meditation or you might just find it really boring and make you stop doing it. We moved to West Cork recently and there's two things I've, mm. I've taken back up. Well, one in particular was stand-up paddleboarding, which I always I did it years ago, but uh, we're kind of, mm. kind of back into it now, which is brilliant. And the other thing is sauna and sea swimming. There's a guy who goes around West Cork with a, bar- a barrel sauna on the back of his tra- on the back yeah. of the trailer and he rocks up and it's, A, I find it really relaxing and B, it's very healthy for you. Mm. But it's that sense of, it's just a bit of crack. Um, we have great fun doing it and it's a bit of a laugh but it's really healthy at the same time. So, you know, 
it is important to experiment with new it things is. for people. And to not be put off by the fact that it is new. Um, sea swimming, I love, actually. And and generally speaking, if there's anywhere that there's a group of people doing it, they tend to be really good crack. And slightly mad at the same time. They yeah, slightly mad. Yeah. But they're <laughs> mad, it's fun. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, okay, the other thing I, I wanted to chat about is, you know, you can make a difference in a short space of time. Like, you know, on the show, it's six weeks. We saw one lady, she had a life expectancy of 76, and then it was 85 after just six weeks of being healthy. That even in a short space, you can make a big impact by simple health-based uh, intervention. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the simple health-based intervention. I suppose the big one I tend to focus on because it gets your most bang for your buck tends to be exercise because most, a lot of adults in Ireland are not active enough. I think I can safely say that. So it, it, it's kind of low-hanging fruit for where to improve. So for any of your listeners out there who are wondering what's the first thing they should look at, exercise is what I usually say. Um, but a six-week intervention can make a big difference, you know. But across the board, talking to the, the six people that we met through this, what they said was that they were surprised, A, how big a difference it made, and B, how sustainable it was. So by making small changes that you can genuinely fit into your life, you're much more likely to succeed in maintaining them. Phil, it's been great to catch up and thank you so much for joining us today on today's show. Folks, that's all we have time for. Many thanks to Phil for joining us. How Long Will You Live is on RTE 1 Tuesday at 8.30pm and the previous episodes are available on the RTE player. I'm back next week with another Real Health show. And in the meantime, keep in touch. You know where we are, at Carl Henry PT on Instagram and realhealthandindependent.ie. We'll see you next week. It's long ago. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry.